0: The Caspian Podcast, the podcast of the Caspian Post, with me, Mark Elliott. And welcome to another edition of the Caspian Podcast with me, Mark Elliott. Today we're with uh, Zumra Jalilova, or Zuma, if I may call you that. Um, Zuma's got a fascinating uh, background. She has studied law, international relations, and gender. Um, and she's the the force behind the Gender Talks, which is in Russian, Azerbaijani, and English. And uh, well, you tell us what what's what's the target group for this, and and what what does it aim to achieve?
1: Hey, everyone, and hi, Mark. Um, thanks for having me. So, coming to Gender Talks, it's a social learning platform on Facebook at the moment, and we started it on LinkedIn and Instagram, so you can. Follow us, uh, subscribe, follow, like, (laughs) Um, right. So we are trying uh, as feminists, as intersectional feminists and international feminists, we're trying to promote gender equality, raise awareness, be really a bridge between people who are sort of aware of the topic and issues and those who aren't. So we're trying to add more and more people who are quite unaware of the topic and have a platform to learn from and share their opinions, exchange comments, uh, and we start to publish things or post things every every day. Uh, we're also doing some projects online and offline. so yeah, that's that's sort and, of useless.
0: And, yeah and and so it's mainly aimed at um, fe- feminist issues in Azerbaijan or or is it in much broader you know ha- who who is the target audience really?
1: So the main focus at the moment is Azerbaijan, because majority group members are from Azerbaijan. But we are aiming to um, grow and make it regional, and we do have a lot of international sort of um, participants and friends, um, and many people also, you know, join. And and because Facebook allows us, translations gives us, you know, mm. translation and everything, it becomes more and more easier to communicate between the nations and and international community. So yeah, but the target audience is particularly uh, Azerbaijanis and people who are from developing countries. I would say um, Mm. who still tackle basic gender issues.
0: Now you yourself are Azerbaijani. Your family, you said, was actually had spent a generation or two in Central Asia. But you, 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 your accent has a bit of a London twang. So are you based in London? I am, I am
1: based in the UK, um, but I moved here only a year ago. Uh, I've been living in Baku, um, working, teaching and everything. And um, yeah, and I'm Azerbaijani. Yeah. <laughs> <Uly> now, <tuly. laughs> now,
0: now, now, one of the things that you, you'll hate us for, but just on, on this podcast two or three weeks ago, it was International Women's Day. And much to my embarrassment, there were two guys talking about women in Azerbaijan. I, I, I feel ashamed. Um, but All the more reason that I'm delighted to have you along now. Um, And at the uh, towards the end of it, uh, Fuad, who had been telling us a a great deal about how Azerbaijan had, uh, you know, was started very well in feminism. He was reminding us that um, at the end of World War One you your country was well ahead of ours in in giving women the vote even if it was nominal because it didn't actually happen but but, but it, at least in principle i think there was female suffrage um but but towards the end there was a very interesting comment that he made um about how well he's very very keen on on equality but he's rather worried about the defeminization of women through feminism now I suspect that, that from your intersectional feminist way of looking at things, that's one of those subconscious things that we men don't even realise that we've got something really wrong there. So, so could you sort of unpick that a little bit and, and also just tell us a little bit more about what are the issues for women in Azerbaijan as we go into well into the 21st century? Yeah.
1: Um- Thank you very much for bringing it up and um, for admitting and acknowledging that it wasn't particularly... I mean, it's totally fine for you, obviously, to discuss uh, International Women's Day and sort of, you know, uh, look at the history and and support in a way. But um, since it's International Women's Day, it would have been good to give a platform and space for women to uh, make their voices heard and obviously share their concerns and demands and requirements. And um, I do know for uh we even had, I even uh, had a, 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 you know, opportunity to sort of uh, uh, not, not, Uh, sort of present uh, him a topic uh, within the Baku State University because he he came as a guest um, and we had a gathering with teachers and lecturers and everyone. So I was talking about gender in media and he was very keen on discussing those topics. And um, he was a student basically of the head of the department, Mm -hmm. Rina Ibrahim so we had a very lovely discussion there. And that being said, I felt like he knows what feminism is, but it seems like he maybe um, doesn't, yeah, doesn't do that his research, or maybe he is also sort of getting this information from media, particularly Azerbaijani media, and not doing, you know, more sort of, uh, not, doesn't try to understand it better, or maybe hear it from feminists themselves. Um, and 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 here I would like to mention that feminism Uh, is about gender equality it doesn't aim to dehumanize defeminize demasculinize anyone in a way that we don't recognize people (laughs) Um, but it's more about sort of uh, stopping to um, you know generalize people and put them into the frames and boxes where they have to behave in a certain way uh, dress in a certain way uh, I don't know feel or think in a certain way or live. In a certain way, uh, which is prescribed and described and uh, sort of uh, already defined by some people in the society who expect men and women, girls and boys to, you know, to be, um, you know, but th- the approach is binary and the expectations are obviously black and white. Uh, mm. That being, I mean, if I can mention that. And um, that being said, I do know that a lot of people believe that Rajan uh, was. You know, far ahead, uh, Europe and other countries in 1918 and everything. And of course, it was it's a it's a it's a very great event that happened in our history, and I'm also very proud of it. Uh, but it was nominal in a way. Um, although I've heard that some of the actions happened. Actually, women did go and vote, and also we have a very interesting um, case when women actually protested on a boulevard because back then uh, th- they participated in. Um, sort of achieving democracy or an independence but then Boulevard was only for men and their mistresses and foreigners and lovers and then women uh, I do not know when exactly it happened but but I tend to say it's either March or February closer to the International Women's Day I think because they were they knew Uh, That this is the day of sort of you know International Women's Day and there is a union around the world or some protests around the world and uh, women actually went to the boulevard with their children and claimed the space back. Mm. Um, Actually, yeah. So that that's another historical sort of moment that uh, many don't know or don't mention. Um, So yeah, I'll keep it sweet and (laughs) short (laughs) and sweet. I will Uh, elaborate further.
0: Yeah. Well, can can I just also ask? I mean, I know that. I think for people that don't know Azerbaijan and they see that it's on the border with Iran and that a lot of Azerbaijanis actually live in Iran, the the it's almost surprising that perhaps what's what's I mean for for a man visiting Azerbaijan, the the extremely um, beauty conscious uh, way Bakuvians particularly go about it, the the enormous numbers of beauty salons and and the sort of um, Almost, well, maybe it's my words, but slightly um, over-object-objectivizing themselves that some Bakuvian women seem to achieve. It's almost—is that—is that that a way of actually saying, "Look, we're (laughs) not—we're not under the strictures of an Islamic regime," or is you know? So is that—is that a sign of being independent, or is that a sign of, or somehow being prey to? Uh, a non-feminist agenda, or, or how does he, how do you see it? Does that make any sense? My question. <laughs>
1: um, well, I will try to answer it in a way that I understood <laughs> I understood it <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, a tap- rambling it. question <laughs> uh, no worries, I, I will attempt it my way, I believe there are some, so basically Azerbaijan is not Islamic country and it's very different to Iran obviously, uh, even though Islam is uh, a huge part of uh, you know, the country's identity in a way, of national identity it's still not uh, it doesn't prevail sort of other factors and other sort of elements that make Azerbaijanis Azerbaijanis Um, And, of course, there's an influence from Iran, and uh, there's a sort of battle going on (laughs) between between, um, religious institutions or religious leaders who um, sort of seed as a way uh, women should behave or women should be, and then among women or young generation who uh, who are actually some religious but still don't want to cover themselves or uh, go to mosques necessarily every day but but i can't really speak on their behalf because it's just a very general interpretation of mine of Mm. course uh there are feminists who are covered as well and that doesn't mean that you know um they they don't feel empowered or they don't feel like they don't you know they they, they can't act in a certain way um so it's it's not very probably um uh, easy to describe this but Coming back to what you've described, I think, of course, we have beauty standards and this elegancy, this beauty, this expectation, like even Fouad's expectation, sort of that women have to be feminine or femininity it should be in a certain way. You know, you should look certain way, you should behave in a certain way, and that makes you women. And if you don't, then, you know, something is wrong with you or you are feminist or you're lesbian or whatever, you know, they, they try to... Uh, they, they, they they sort of lead the conversation to the very wrong direction and they sort of also deceive themselves as well because it's not the case. They're just making it up. Uh, <laughs> of course, among among the feminine, I mean, I look quite feminine, look at me. I am, um, you know, I'm, I'm a very sort of determined feminist, but I, uh, nevertheless, I, uh, I mean, even if I looked sort of like men or whatever, you know, whatever they sort of, uh, imagine in their heads or perceive the way they perceive me it should be totally fine because it's it's the way I feel it's the way we're humans in the end of the day we're not sort of born with certain you know expectations to be like it's all constructed. uh it's all so socially constructed of course uh all those beauty standards expectations behaviors uh I mean gender uh as 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 anyone would say, gender is a social construct. So, and whoever understands that will understand that obviously, this expectations of femininity or masculinity, of course, is wrong. But that being said, of course, everyone has feminine and masculine features in themselves, and. Um, and I myself am androgen type, which, you know, contains both sort of uh, natures or, or, you know, behaviours or whatever. I think whatever if we're
0: are. honest, most of us do. actually.
1: Yeah, Deep obviously. Yeah. Obviously. It's not like that simple to say, yeah, you know, exactly. you, you have to be feminine and that's what makes you women. Um, so anyway. So very shortly, if I manage to sort of touch upon yeah. things that you tried to describe, yeah. so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I have to. Say, you, a, a piece you wrote that I really loved was about the uh, Azerbaijani cinema and and gender roles that came out ah. of it. And you had a line that you said, uh, "You cannot be what you cannot see." And I thought, "What? Yeah. That's a really, really interesting and important thing, isn't it?" And 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 uh, uh, of the films that you touched at, I I, I was interested. I, you, you did write a fair bit about um, The Second Bullet. Now, for people who haven't seen it, I, I do suggest to everybody, get on YouTube and watch The Second Bullet. It's a fascinating film. But I'm interested to know, uh, just very briefly, the, the film is about uh, life, a, a wedding in a small town or village, uh, which is um, where... The virginity of the bride is is announced to the village by the shooting of two bullets, and um, things go bad because the the second bullet doesn't fire, and so that's the basis of the film. I it's a brilliant film, I think. But you you, you discussed it at some length. Now, given that you're saying we, we we can't be what we can't see, that do you think that the the level of of um, the way that that film is portrayed is almost too clever that it makes it, it, it i suspect it could almost be seen as not critical or do you think it's very obvious that this is a, a parody in a way
1: um i personally think that it's very uh, obvious but at the same time some people might you know again, <laughs> again perceive it in a bit different way but i do believe that the um uh, the, the director, film director made it very, as you said in a very clever way and very sort of obvious way at the same time and he touched on very uh, necessary elements and buttons in a way um, like for example he does show the sex worker there and how men of the village come for a solution or help to the sex worker in the end and really find the solution uh, uh, from her because she has apparently some bullet at home and she sort of hands it and helps them but they're too late sort of to um take it um uh, to the guy um and that being said i think it's obviously about small village and it's not a widespread tradition in azerbaijan or you know it's it's not widely practiced but those things happen and we do have some um peculiar ways of sort of uh, objectifying women or possessing them or showing that they belong to someone or something and their virginity is very important and, you know, and it belongs to the men of the family. And if, and if she dishonours them, that's, you know, that's, that's it. So, um, and is, that, I, is, that, is,
0: is that still, a, is, st- is that still the case that, that's, Oh yeah. It, yeah, that's very much. A, a,
1: a and it's even left in the, so unfortunately it's, it's sort of in Baku maybe you know you, you wouldn't I mean I would still say even in Baku it's it's a huge thing but at the same time uh, for example at the weddings at the, nowadays they put the red ribbon and it doesn't sort of has the same meaning as it used to necessarily for some people they just do it because it's you know that's a tradition or that's that's how it was so it's sort of a cultural thing now that it's sort of this this patriarchal tradition became part of culture which is terrible uh, I believe and it should be obviously eliminated, and you know it shouldn't take place in our uh, at our weddings. But it still goes on, and it still demonstrates and symbolizes women, girls' uh, chastity and and yeah, her virginity and honor. um And yeah, and that being said, what you cannot see, you cannot be what you cannot see in that. Uh, article and context w- relate more relates more to role models and what we see on tv and media and what kind of you know gender roles and behaviors and attitudes we see and how they're presented to us um, and if we don't see women who are you know they make their own decisions they're politicians they're leaders uh, not necessarily i mean i don't want to make it seem like women are like man or you know for her to be recognized or respected she has to be a politician or leader not necessarily or you know bank officer economist whatever she doesn't have to but uh, the, unfortunately she's presented or she's shown only in one sort of way and that is the problem so um, mm, and, and so. there are obviously a lot of other problems <laughs>
0: now, now one, one of the things I you know I, I'm very interested in solutions and, and I, I I watched you do an excellent talk with the, uh, the US embassy quite recently um, you were taught you, one of the things you mentioned was a Baku jigsaw can you just in a, in a few seconds tell us what that is and how that how that will help
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, so me and my uh, friends, we in previously, we produced a book, which is called Jasur Gazlar, uh, Stories for Brave Girls. And it's a great product. It's a great book uh, that features 20 female role models and their stories. Okay. And we have illustrations, you know, uh, t- 10 historical uh, women and 10 modern day women who can be role models. So we'll help girls and boys to see them and be them. Uh, And uh, I was inspired by a project that was done by UN Women. It was a great illustration that inspired me. And I decided to turn it into a product and make a jigsaw puzzle. So I collaborated with a friend of mine in Holland. Uh, She's also my compatriot from Azerbaijan, Leila Ali. And we developed a nice illustration of Baku that achieved gender equality, diversity and inclusion. Um, And uh, it shows sort of very interesting contrasts and ways that we want to See our society to develop and flourish and you know progress so we see on the illustration photo of a dad with a stroller or photos of a dad illustration of of a father playing with his child we see women who are on the phone and laptop working or female leader we see for example father or not father sorry uh, a man or you know a guy cooking and then we co- we we put their message life skills so we try to sort of illustrate it all and also provide important messages that we want to deliver to children as well as adults so hopefully that product will be launched uh this month, you can place a pre-orders if you want. <laughs> uh, like, subscribe, follow, as usually. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we will share. I will share it soon enough with you too.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. And, and hopefully we'll be able to put a link to that somewhere on our website when it's available. I have had a sneak preview and it's a, it's a yeah. brilliant piece of work. I do. I suppose one question I would have is how do you get it? How, get these to the children of the families who most need to become more aware, I suppose that that will always be part of the challenge. But can I just, because we're getting quite short of time, but the other the other thing that was really fascinating in your chat was you talked about but didn't tell us quite how it works. Um, how there are ways of 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 helping an engaged fatherhood, and I, th- I gather that's something that you consider is. I mean, I think again, it's missing all over the place, but perhaps more so in in the Caspian region. So what what particularly again, we don't have much time, but what could you in how could we all become better fathers?
1: Well, um, <laughs> I, I can say that we did start a project with UNFPA. Um, the project is funded by EU. Thanks. Thank you all. <laughs> um, so the project is called EU for gender equality, promoting positive parenting and um, responsible fatherhood. And Within that project, we're developing 15 activities to engage fathers. Uh, into their uh, fatherhood responsibilities. And we do that through different activities uh, in order to create or develop that bond between Mm. children and them, Uh, cooking class, uh, workshops on DIY, uh, bedtime stories, so reimagined fairy tales that they're going to hopefully submit to us and we will be able to make a book out of it. Um, Then we have psychologists who will be speaking about child anxiety, stress, uh, bad toxic parenting habits, importance of fathers in the children's life, et cetera. So we are providing different sort of uh, approaches to engage sort of or uh, bring that to the father's attention and then to the life of their children and so that they they, they be more active participants, not only doing the playtime, you know, responsibility, um, but also taking care of their children, uh, listening to their needs, Help with the emotional labor um, sort of that needs you know that that parenthood entails as well as also not being protectors or not solving their problems but rather be there to support help or guide because uh, in Azerbaijan it's, it's a very widespread approach for parents to solve children's problems or to help them financially um, and I mean generally speaking of course there are other individual cases and families as well uh, but that being said yeah unfortunately parents do not let the freedom that needs that is needed for children, especially girls uh, when it comes to their education or career or traveling abroad. You know, I still face quite a lot. I still hear quite a lot of stories. And now we're dealing with a few uh, cases where we try to help girls to, go on a program to you know uh, to, to grow her career and self-development for her self-development and it's a huge obstacle at the moment with fathers who don't allow them uh, or you know try to guide, guard them or put their brothers to guard them you know so that is all done to bring the topic to the tension um, yeah. Hopefully, engage them uh, more actively in the parenthood and and not only again playing and providing financially, you know, some support, but rather, uh, yeah, be there as a friend, be there as a you know, as a as a full time parent, so to say, despite them working maybe full time as well. So right,
0: yeah,
1: very shortly, I would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, I, I'm I'm thank you so much. No, I, I mean, as we say, um, you can't be what you cannot see, but I think I. I, I we, we need to see more of you because I think you know you're, you're an inspiration and I'm, I'm absolutely sure that the more people um, can see people like yourself doing what you do uh, this this will really be of an inspiration for everyone I'm afraid we have really run well out of time and I, I know you have a, a wedding to go to even if it's virtual
1: oh <laughs>
0: <my>. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks so much for joining us and I, I'll just uh, say to thank you for for all the viewers for joining us today this was the Caspian podcast. From the Caspian Post. We'll be putting some links as soon as we can to Zuma's various projects. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zuma.
1: Thank you so, so much. Stay safe.